this is my official public revealing. I have only been bald in the privacy of my home and in the company of close friends. I'm Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, and this is a word about why my black hair story is both personal and political. Before I was an elected official, I did everything. I wore wigs, I wore extensions, and then about four or five years ago, I decided to um, get Senegalese twist all the way down to my waist. And what happened is that I got these Senegalese twists and I feel like I met myself fully for the first time. You know, I sort of looked in the mirror and I said, oh, there I am. And it felt good. So what started out as a transitional hairstyle ultimately became a statement and something that I was very intentional about. And I was very aware this hairstyle could be, would be uh, filtered and interpreted by some as a political statement that was um, militant or people said, people will think you're angry. And I said, well, they already think that. What I was not prepared for was the glorious gift and blessing of the acceptance and the community and the affirmation. Now I walk into rooms and little girls are wearing t-shirts that say my congresswoman wears braids and we receive letters from all over the globe of women who talk about their own emancipation that uh, they feel that I've given them permission. My twists have become such a synonymous and conflated part of not only my personal identity and how I show up in the world, but my political brand. That's why I think it's important that I'm transparent about this new normal and living with alopecia. Sandra, how are you today? Thank you so much for joining me on Tea Table Talk. I, I apologize uh, for the delay, but how are you? I'm doing great. You know, considering I am doing just fine during these times, so I won't complain. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I will complain, but to myself. <laughs> you know, but, but but by the grace of God, every everyone is fine, and you know, just a, a little stir crazy myself. But um, you know, sure. uh, having friends like you, uh, colleagues, and um, having this show um, really helps me a lot. Um, yeah. So you know. Um, in 2019, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley uh, came out publicly and spoke about uh, her condition, uh, alopecia areata. And, uh, you know, some folks were um, shocked um, because they didn't know that she was dealing uh, with something like this. And, you know, being a black woman in the public eye, um, you know, going to work every day, doing her work, you know, in politics, um, and, um, and just carrying on, you know, no one had a clue. And so, you know, I know uh, that we often, uh, as, you know, black women uh, today, I feel, you know, we're held to a, high, a higher standard. And in a lot of cases, um, you know, what our hair looks like, what our appearance is like, 
um, where the, the expectations are great, right? Right. Um, and, you know, and I know that um, my understanding is after doing a little bit of research on alopecia areata, uh, there are more black women that have the condition um uh, i think uh, white women are are second and uh asians are are last um and my good friend sandra um you know you are an author a motivational speaker um but you also uh have uh alopecia areata can you tell the audience to table talk uh what alopecia areata is well, basically, it's an autoimmune condition, um, and it's something that's cosmetic, and it basically just causes your hair to fall out normally in small round patches, which is alopecia areata, um, and then there are different forms of the condition, such as alopecia totalis, where patients lose all of the hair on their scalp, and then there's alopecia universalis, where patients lose all of the hair on their scalp and their body. So, which is the type that I have, you know, within three years of developing the condition, it it um, moved into alopecia universalis. So you lose your eyebrows and your eyelashes and, you know, and I've been, you know, completely bald for the past 21 years. So it's been quite a journey of learning to, um, you know, use makeup to manage the condition so that you can go out into the world and feel more confident and and beautiful, you know. So, yeah, that's what alopecia is. But it's not anything that is contagious or it's not anything that you cause, you know. It's not anything that you've mm-hmm. eaten. It's that, you know, it's an autoimmune condition which um, you people are just genetically predisposed to. And it's mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like the luck of the draw, if you will if you were to get that condition. So that's a little background for you. Well, thank you for for letting myself, educating myself and, and the audience. Uh, this is, you know, this is extremely important um, uh, information to, to have and to know. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, just looking up some statistics um, that uh, black women, uh, we... Uh, you know, contract it, like you said, it's autoimmune, um, but we have it more so. I know that there are different types. You just mentioned uh, uh, one type. I know another type is the uh, alopecia um, tract. Is it, Am I saying it wrong? Tract. Traction alopecia. Uh, tra- traction alopecia. Traction. Right. Yeah. And that's when kind of, that's something that can be controlled um, something that, you know, if we see coming, we can control it, right? Like that usually comes from too too many tight hairstyles, right? Like maybe braiding or weaving and just abuse of our scalps. Is that right? Yeah, traction alopecia is something that is normally developed because of unhealthy hair care practices where, um, you know, especially around the edges, you know, a lot of those, you know, braided styles or things like that, if you're pulling too hard, it could pull the hair from the root and damage the follicles. So that is mm-hmm. um, something that we can manage, something that we could fix by simply choosing not to wear hairstyles 
that cause so much, um, you know, impact to our scalp. Oh, wow. Um, so we, we've got to make sure that, you know, we're in some cases just trying to, um, you know, not, you know, amongst taking, chief amongst taking care of ourselves but uh, and, and everything else around us, but even the way that we uh, tend to our, our personal care, like our hair, is is very mm-hmm. important. Um, I I just I want to ask you, did you like what were the symptoms that led up to um, to your to your diagnosis? What what did you what did you experience? Um, and um, and 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 also, if you ever felt like you know you were, it, it affected your ability to to do your work, your prof- you know your professional level. Uh, work your your nine to five, if you will. So, did you ever feel, you know, um, discriminated against or anything like that? So, um, my it started for me with just simple raw, uh, simple circle of a bald patch right behind my ear, and within, um, I mean, I quickly went to the dermatologist to find out, you know, because I wore my hair very short at the time. Mm-hmm. what was happening, and that's when I was diagnosed with the condition. But by the time I got to even the dermatologist, there had been other bald patches in, on, in, in my scalp and other sections of my scalp. So mm-hmm. that's how it, you know, presented for me as a really um, typical al- alopecia areata. Um, and, you know, I because I wore my hair very short, I immediately had to start wearing a wig because um, there was no way for me to cover up those spots. And so um, as far as how I dealt with it publicly, for the first eight years of my experience, I wore wigs. So I didn't have any challenges of um, dealing socially with it or dealing with it at work because I covered it up and no one knew unless I told you. I only had to deal with the internal challenge of the uncomfort, the insecurity, of wearing a wig, which was something that I typically didn't do. Uh, it was uncomfortable for me, but I was grateful to have that, you know, at least something that I could use to manage the condition socially um, and then just kind of deal with my realities privately at home. So for me, when I was wearing a wig, it wasn't an issue as far as the workplace. Well, okay. Um, um and you mentioned, you know, managing, um, you know, managing it in, internally. Do you want to discuss a little bit about what that may have been like for you? Um, um, what, you know, how did you, how did you deal? How did you, how did you cope with it in internally? Well, um, you know, initially I was very, you know, it's just situational depression. <laughs> you know, very sad, very frustrated, very worried um, as far as the implications of this. You know, what does this mean? Does this mean that I'm going to go completely bald? You know, you look at the worst-case scenarios whenever you have any condition and you think, you know, yes, I have this, but how bad is it going to get, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was always this looming fear, of course, of where, how long, I'm, you know, is this going to be my forever experience? Is it ever going to go back? You know, so the, all of those things really kind of come through your mind. So I was definitely very insecure, and, you know, I felt like my joy was missing, you know, because I was it was always 
a thought every morning you wake up. It's this challenge of, you know, putting on your face and, you know, having to try to go out into the world and be confident when you're not feeling very confident. So it was really a process of self-discovery to get to a place where I could rebuild my confidence and self-esteem. Of course, my faith was a big, uh, my foundation for how I was able to really rebuild that part of myself and overcome this challenge through my faith in God and really understanding myself as a spiritual being and not putting so much emphasis or defining myself by my physical attributes only Mm -hmm. um, and really learning to honor and respect the woman that I am beyond anything that's going on outside of me. Um, So that was a real shift that I had to make in terms of my, um, my definitions of me and being willing to see things in a whole new perspective being willing to stand in a place of still gratitude, even though there these were things that were happening to me that I couldn't control, but taking control of the things that are good in my life and really honoring that and deciding on the priority list what's most important. You know, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm still hmm. intact, I'm not going to die. There's so many things yeah. to be um, grateful for and focus on the blessings and not and what I do have as opposed to what I don't have. Um, And then, of course, I had an amazing inner circle. Um, At the time I was married, my husband uh, was amazing in terms of supporting me through that experience um, and helping me to continue to feel beautiful and not like I was unattractive or, you know, he'd disconnect from me. It was none of that. Mm -hmm. So that was important. And, of course, having a healthy set of family and friends who constantly kept me encouraged and helped me find cool wigs and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So it was a team effort. And then at one point I did actually go find a counselor. Um, and I went to therapy. I did a few sessions with a psychotherapist to help me unpack some deeper issues and, and really rebuild. So it was a process. It was a process, but you use your tools and you can achieve it. So that's, that's what I always tell other women or men that are dealing with this experience that you can overcome um, and may not your hair loss experience. It may not change your hair. You may not be able to control whether or not your hair grows back, but you can control how you show up in that experience. Wow, Sandra. <laughs> um, you, 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 you truly are um, uh, um, giving uh, folks everywhere, women everywhere, um, motivation. Once they hear this, for sure, um, that's a beautiful uh, sentiment, and 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 thank you for that because that does something good for my spirit. I I uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and 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 I receive it. Um, thank you. So thank you for that. Thank you. Um, so you you've. Um, you you've kind of responded to you know um, what coping measures you know uh, I was going to ask you what coping measures uh, would you suggest for women and you just you know you just named some right there um, mm-hmm. is there is there anything that uh, what what do you want women who are experiencing um, alopecia to know you you mentioned having um, you know a, a good um, uh, environment or around you, circle of friends and supportive folks. Is there anything additional 
that uh, you would want them to know maybe about the uh, autoimmune uh, experience itself or in anything at all? I think that it's really important to really think about one of the things that they say about autoimmune disease um, and alopecia especially they will, if, when you go to the doctor, they'll immediately start talking about holistically your life, your health overall. Um, are you happy? Are you stressed? Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of those things that as women, you know, we, as people generally, we carry a lot of stress. <clears throat> We're worried about different things. And stress can play a uh, definite part in our immune system, right? Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of autoimmune disease is caused from inflammation and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really about taking a holistic look at maybe there are some changes that you need to make in your life entirely and look at making a really honest assessment of where you are. For me, during that time when I developed alopecia and I started to do that assessment and seeing where the stress is at in my life to see, because I felt like, my body was telling on me that you're not holding stress in a healthy way. You're, you know, it's, it's impacting you in more ways than, you know, you know, and your body is breaking, breaking down your immune system. And that's what's allowing this autoimmune disease to, excuse me, to happen to you. So how can I combat that? You know, whether it is eating foods that are, you know, not as inflammatory, there's a lot of foods that we eat that cause inflammation, which that certainly doesn't help. It aids to any problem for any autoimmune disease, um, whether it's lupus or whatever you might have, because there's over 100 different autoimmune diseases, but they all kind of work the same way, triggered by inflammation. So looking at that is a big part of it. And again, you're really kind of looking at your stress. So for me, I was in a very high-stress job at that time. I was a manager in a customer service environment, speaking every day to irate customers, being yelled at, that took a toll on me. And I felt like my body was breaking down and could not fight. I mean, you know, my immune system could not fight because I had all the stress that I would carry daily. So it was an impetus for me to leave that job, to say, you know what, I hate this job, first of all. Um, It's out of alignment with, you know, the career path that I always wanted to have. This is, you know, it's just a job and it's, you know, the money is not enough to risk me, my health as a result of it. And it's not a good fit. You know, you have to know your personality, know what kind of environments would be conducive for you, um, what kind of work would be in alignment with who you are, that it feels good to go to work every day. Or even if you don't love it, you don't hate it. It doesn't make you sit in the parking lot and cry before you walk in the door, you know, it's not taking away from you in that way. And this particular job was that type of job for me. So that, when my body started to show me I'm not happy, then I I realized that I needed to get to the core of everything and being healthy in every way and leaving that job and finding more suitable work that I enjoyed was part of my healing process. So, You know, I would say to any woman is that you have to, when your body starts talking, the number one thing you need to do is really listen. And you know where you need to make corrections and you need to, you know, change gears to find the channel for peace with inside of yourself. 
because that place of peace is going to be a big part of your healing. Wow. Um, so this, this um, having alopecia areata affected your life, but it in in a way transformed your life in a more into a positive, right? You, it turned uh, helped you turn yeah. a negative you into a positive, right? Because now, um, how how have you how have you how has it changed your your life now? You mentioned that you uh, were doing a job that you know that didn't set well with your spirit, and so now what what are you doing now, Sandra? Well, that was again that was. 21 years ago when this journey began. So I've had different jobs, you know, since I left that one. <laughs> I've <clears throat> moved from New York City, um, which where which is where I was born and raised, but and I've moved to North Carolina with my family. Um, just a whole different living environment altogether, much more slower pace of life, much more peaceful, um, better quality of life overall mm-hmm. for me and my family. So that was one of the things <laughs> that... Um, I, I was able to do um, that really brought me a, a better place of peace and joy. Um, and also, so currently I'm working at a college. Um, I'm doing event coordinating, you know, creative stuff. But outside of that, um, I'm still a motivational speaker. I am a singer. Mm-hmm. I'm an actress and author. So I'm always, I've always been a very creative person. You know, the arts is a, a big part of uh, my my sanity is how I mm-hmm. can do life is having a creative outlet to express myself, to work through life on stage, to give back, to feel like my life has purpose beyond just going to work every day and making a living to support me and my family. But it's how I serve the world as an artist. And, and it part of that was really f- making sure that I always, gave back to that part of myself. You know, yes, I was a wife, I was a mom, I was all these other roles, but I had to get back to, but I am Sandra. And what am I doing for Sandra to make sure that she's being her best self, she's being authentically her true self and not getting lost in the other roles that she has to play in life. And on stage, I'm able to show up and be fully her unapologetically. And so, you know, I do that still. Um, and, you know, that's what I encourage all people to do. You know, um, how do you get out of a rut stuck in your life is you have to find your joy, find your outlet that's just for you, whether it's a sport or, you know, whatever, if it's just for funsies, but something that reconnects you with the essence of really who you are, that childlike innocence that we all Remember that you laugh until your stomach hurts, until tears roll down your eyes. You, you find that place of lightness, um, and you and you and you make sure that you give back to yourself, to to become and and be that person as much as you possibly can. And so for me, you know, even being an event coordinator, finding an, a job a job where I love events, I love excitement and people and. So I found a Putting job at a shows, college. Shows, <laughs> performances, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and people so congregating, even, community, you know. It. Yes. All of it. It's, <laughs> it's all about community. So it's still, so I enjoy going to work because each day it's like, okay, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? Who's coming? It's, you know, it's a social 
aspect of then being the hostess with the mostest and, you know, getting all the details together, whether it's a meeting, creating an experience is some of the things that I enjoy. So I've found my lane to, you know, and then outside of that, you know, if I'm not on stage, I'm creating the stage for someone else. So it's mm-hmm. finding your, finding yourself, really. That's what I would say. So that's, that's I mean, there's no other word I can think of than amazing. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm so, and I'm, I'm so deeply, uh, you know, happy. I have so much, um, I, I feel so good for you, you know, kind of living through others. Um, <laughs> the best way Thank I can emphasize, right? Um, so I, I want to, I want to ask you if you, if, if this didn't happen, if you, if you, you didn't get alopecia, I, you know, if you, if you've ever thought about this, do you think that you'd be where you are today as, as accomplished as you are today, you know, author, motivational speaker, actress, I mean, you know, you're on stage with some folks, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I've seen your, I, I've been following you on Facebook, you know, and so yeah. do you think that you, you think that you would have come this far were it not uh, for alopecia <laughs> Ariana? I think that um, I do, but in a different route. So for me, you know, I've always been singing, you know, we met, you know, in theater. That's always been who I was. And quite honestly, when I developed alopecia, I started to fear because I wanted, you know, I'm naturally an extrovert, but I became very introverted because I didn't want Mm. to, I didn't want to have the spotlight. I didn't want people to look at me because I was so insecure. So I felt Mm -hmm. like my dreams of becoming a singer and an actress that I was pursuing, that I couldn't realize that because I looked differently, right? And so I felt like I can't compete with mainstream. So it made me doubt whether or not I could do what I needed to do. But in that personal awakening um, and that journey of really getting to a place of rebuilding my confidence, part of that was acknowledging and honoring my difference, that I don't have to look like everyone else, that I can stand boldly in my difference. And that would even give me a competitive edge because now I had a story to tell. Now it made me even more interesting. So it actually Hmm. wasn't a negative thing. It was a positive thing because Mm -hmm. everybody wants to stand out and be unique. You don't want to just be vanilla and just blend with everyone else. And so this was giving me my story, my experience was giving me a depth and a unique um, expression and an audience that I could connect to. Like it was all divinely, purposefully put together. But even if I didn't get alopecia, I feel like I would have been still um, acting and singing because I love it. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. And who knows where, that would have led to if I would have just been like everybody else. But having Mm -hmm. alopecia gave me something else to sing about. And it gave me a very unique song, which gave me a very um, specific platform. And it had its own path because then it became about advocating for awareness and being a role model for other patients. And it just gave me a, it's a whole new show. And it's still, you know, it's a whole different show. But it's a more rewarding show because it has a greater depth and purpose beyond just celebrity 
or, you know, uh, just applause. This is about purpose. This is about impact. This is about changing lives. And I'm for that, it opened up my life in a way that I would have never thought that a, a, something negative could turn into something to be so positive. And it's still a challenge. Even 21 years later, it's still I'm, I'm still the patient. I'm still living this experience and all of the nuances that are involved with being a bald woman and walking out into the world and, you know, and having women like Ayanna Presley that stands up and says, me too, is so freeing. We still need so many other women to come forward and, and boldly be who they are because the more people that do that, the more others that are hiding feel empowered. And it doesn't become that we look like, you know, so different. We just, it becomes a new norm. It be, mm-hmm. We are the new norm. And, um, and that feels better for us when we can be a new norm. I I love that message. Alopecia gave you a new song, a, a yeah. new song. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Sandra. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it, it's not Sunday yet, Sandra. <laughs> you you're preaching up in here. <laughs> um, wait, listen, where can where can my audience find you? So, you know, they want, they may want to have you do a call over Zoom uh, in these yeah. days. Um, how, what's the best way that they can reach you uh, for uh, motivation, Sandra? Yeah. So, I mean, you can always go to my website. There's a contact form there. My contact information is there, which is Sandra Debose. D-U-B-O-S-E dot com. And so there's videos and um, all kinds of information there. Um, but also, of course, I'm on all social media platforms, so whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and you can connect with me at Bald Beauty Queen, which is my handle. Um, there's information there about my book where you can get that. It's on Amazon. I've actually um, narrated it myself. So that was uh, that was fun. Um, it's called My Crowning Glory. Wow. It's not about the hair, and um, it's just an empowerment book of you know giving other people the tools that I used to build healthy self-esteem. And so that's it's something no matter what your circumstance may be, there are tools in there that and principles that you can apply to your life that will help you get from point A to point Z. Um, and so, yeah, so all that information is right on my website. So I invite everyone to come take a look, connect with me. Um, I'm always, you know, doing Zooms and all that good stuff virtually. But as soon as the Rona is gone, I'll be, you know, <laughs> happily traveling again. You know, I travel nationally, speaking at schools and speaking and performing and stuff like that. So, so yeah, by all means, please stay connected. And uh, for the Cheese Table Talk audience, uh, you know, when you book Sandra, tell them Cheese Table Talk sent you, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, plug, plug Cheese Table Talk. Maybe she'll give you a discount. I don't know. But <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sandra, it, it was such a pleasure. You know, you, you, you we, uh, we had you on the show before, um, but, um, you know, this topic – um, I, 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 I really wanted to address, 
Um, and, uh, and, you know, and I, I thank you for sharing uh, a part of your life uh, and, um, and, and your experience with us uh, on uh, alopecia areata. And, you know, it's, it's important uh, to know. It's important to know that we have support out there. It's important to know that you're not the only one going through uh, struggles. Um, and so I, I really appreciate you joining me today on Tea's Table Talk. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. And I just thank you so much for sharing your platform with me, for me to do what I love, which is encourage other people whether it's alopecia or whatever your challenge may be, so that we can remember the power that we all possess, especially in times like this when we feel so bombarded and overwhelmed by death and fear and all of these things. This is the time when we really have to pull it in and remember and get centered that the power still lives within us and that we can overcome and we will overcome this season trouble don't last always and joy will come one morning it will come again and we have to remember that even in the midst of sorrow so thank you and to everyone i hope that you will continue to be encouraged and to be blessed thank you so very much amazing have a good day